Hello and welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. I'm delighted to be joined here this evening by the one and only Sean O'Leary coming from his granny flat in Bentley East. Hello Liam, uh, very good to be back on the airways again with G'day GEA, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been too long, Shawnee. Three months, I think, since we did our last episode. Um, lots happened around the world in, in in that time period, but it's great to have you back on the air. And also have Giggles coming to us from his study in Elwood in Melbourne. Well, Liam, I'd say we're probably the only pod, GA podcast going that actually went off the air in, in the COVID crisis. Everyone else seemed to ramp up their efforts. Yeah. We to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we made the right call, I think. We... Uh, we, we, we did one or two episodes and then we said we're not going to, we, we didn't have to do it for commercial reasons to keep the show going. So uh, we were able to take a little break and now obviously um, activity's picking up back home. So um, we're delighted to be back. Actually, we've got great sponsors. O'Neill's continue to look after us through, through the three month period. They're, they're, they're a great company to be fair. Unbelievable. I've been wearing nothing but O'Neill's for the last um, five months since I've been working <laughs> at home. So yeah, they're getting great publicity from me anyway, every day of the week on all my uh, work video calls all around uh, Australia. Um, but yeah, you're like the the Paul Mescal of Melbourne. Pretty much, pretty much, actually, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We've touched on Paul Mescal today. Actually, he's been sporting some Kilkenny shorts and some Dixborough shorts um, over the last few months, so we can we can we can touch on that. And uh, we do have a good show for you coming up today. Uh, we're going to have a look, obviously, at the, at the club activity at home and um, all the I suppose attention it's getting at the moment with no inter county scene. And we have um, Davy Ryan from the Dixborough Club and Kilkenny joining us to talk about the different things that the clubs have had to do to get ready to come back in this you know covid environment and how it's very very different at the moment with no changing rooms um no spectators at games and how they're, they're going about all that and the burden it's kind of putting on clubs as well we're also going to have a look at um we've had a lot of players from gary Owen over the years who've gone back to ireland and are still playing in different senior and intermediate championships and hurling back in ireland so we're going to have a little look at how their their clubs are going we've got a, a giggles corner and um, we're also going to have a little look ahead then to the upcoming club games coming up this weekend. So um, without further ado, let's um, get Davey Ryan on the line with us now. Travelling in a fighter combi On a hippie trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady, she made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast she said, you come from a land down under? To be delighted to be joined on the line by Davey Ryan from Dixborough and Kilkenny. How are you going, Davey? Well, lads, how's it going? Good to hear from me. Thanks very much for making the time, Davey. Um, we were just saying at the start of the show there, you're back in action, obviously, in the last few weeks um, in a very strange world. That is uh, the post, well, I suppose we're still in the middle of COVID in Ireland. Um I'm just keen to understand, I suppose, all the different things you guys have had to go through to, to get back up and running in Dixborough, a club in Kilkenny in the city there, with a few hundred members of underage and senior. What's it like being getting ready to, to, to come back, and are you surprised that you're back? Oh, yeah, um, Liam. It's, it's been mental. It's, it's, it's brilliant like to be back, being honest. If you said it to me three months ago, I suppose, would we be back? I'd say no way. But like it's brilliant to be back. But like the last couple of weeks have been mental. 
but like just following all the protocols from the GA and just the the e-learn going from the e-learning module to every underage player because we, we're quite a, a big club at Camogie level and uh, hurling level. So getting them all to do a, an e-learning module, then to do the questionnaire the whole way up to adults for every time they step into the ground and to have the COVID supervisors there. Like we've a, a one-way system coming in to Palmerstown and bringing different groups in, checking them off, and making sure they had the the e-learning module done originally. And then getting them to do the, the questionnaire every day they come in since. Now it's it's working perfectly. Now at the start, there was a couple of teething problems, but just like Everton. But no, it's it's actually ran very smoothly. But I think the key to it was being on the ball from the very start. Like if you weren't, it could, you know, it could get out of hand. But like luckily enough now, we had great volunteers to get involved with each each group and do the COVID uh, supervisor role. And that's how to. So look, it's absolutely brilliant to be back. It's a bit mental at adult level with I suppose now, now with the Kenny Senior Hurling Championship starting this weekend like that there's only 200 allowed into the ground and there's situations with tickets and stuff you know it's not ideal but look we're back and it's great it's great to see all the, the underage actually in Kilkenny starts tonight competitively and we've been playing a couple of matches the last couple of weeks like we had uh, ourselves I'm involved with the Dixborough Miners so we had Passage down and we had Abbeyside down and it's mad on match day you know no dressing rooms the water breaks, all that stuff. But look, it's great to be back playing anyway and still in, in July, so it's great. That, that's mad, yeah. You're obviously very organised there in Dixborough, Davey. Have you, have you heard of any stories or disaster stories where clubs aren't, aren't dealing with it as well as you are? Well, no, like because even so, we actually... I actually haven't been away to a match yet. I am now um, this weekend or, or next weekend, we're, we're like, let's say... Our adult teams, we have four adult teams in Dixborough. So yesterday now, yeah. our junior E team. So it's like it's the lowest level of hurling, adult hurling, Kilkenny junior E. It's level the one, eight. The one Liam would be playing for, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, oh, hundred percent. But he wouldn't be on the team these days. It's just every every young lad is around because there's nobody working for the summer. There's no one gone on J ones. There's just. Like, we have, like, yeah. 85 adult players playing. But as I said, we were, like, uh, yesterday we had a match against John Mulhall managed Mokalee in the Junior E Championship. So he was on the line for Mokalee, and it was brilliant. Like, we had all the boys back in, and same thing with them. The questionnaires all done. They came in. They had their own dugout. We were on one side. And it was it was brilliant to see. It was a good crowd. Ad. There was actually 190 people because I was umpiring, so we were under the 200. But with regard to... Here in other clubs, I just from around. I haven't been away to another ground yet, so I might see this weekend how other how other clubs are getting on. But being honest, around Kilkenny, everyone is is buying into it, and it, it seems to be flowing fairly well. Like, Gee, that, yeah, that's, that's uh, great. Because as you said, you go on, Shawnee, Sorry, sorry, Dave. I was just going to say you probably touched on it already. Um, with I guess in terms of numbers, it sounds like you know with with the lockdown happening. And, you know, as you said, people being, you know, are taking leave from work and things like that, but and, and no travel going on. Obviously, the numbers in the clubs have, have rocketed up in, term, in terms of um, participation and, and playing and, pro and probably even in terms of uh, volunteerism. Is that, would, would that be fair to say? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like I've never, like as I said, we, we have four adult teams. We're a city club. We're, we're a big club. But like we other years, you would struggle. But this year, everybody is around. And then you're right, like with the volunteer people, like I can give you another example. We actually I have the minors, lads in the borough. We train at, because I'm lucky enough that I'm teaching, so I'm off doing nothing as well. But sure, we have four, we have, 
we train at four o'clock in the day on Mondays and Thursdays because the parents are at home working from home and they're able to get the kids out. So, and it's just so difficult with everybody back. There's big strain on the club, I suppose, for trains because we stagger the times coming into the to the ground and leaving the ground and stuff like that. So, you know, we're really pushed to the limit with like resources that way with pitches and stuff. But look, as I said, it's, it's great to be back. It is kind of strange even being back, like, because... Like I, I'm playing myself junior with the club. We were back the other night for a match, and it's just like it's just a bit of a, a shock to the system when you're back in playing because it's just you know everyone was kind of looking after themselves or whatever on the lockdown, trying to keep going active. But being back is just it's great. It's mad, real mad setup though with the matches. It's just like with the water breaks and no dressing rooms, and it's actually great. It's actually. I don't know. I think the need for dressing rooms, maybe it wasn't as neat as before. Now it'll probably last rain the next night that you come in. But you just roll up to the match at, at half six and the match is on at seven. You're straight into a warm-up after getting in. You're in your gear. Like the day of a lad talking in the dressing room, g you up for 20 minutes, is gone. You're just onto the pitch, straight into it. 15 minutes, there's a water break. And then, you you know, it just flows and you're gone. It's, well, it seems to be working pretty well. It sounds, Davey, like the, the the enjoyment is really back in the club um, compared to maybe, you know, the last five to ten years where the club was thrown in there at the end of September, October, November, depending on what county you're from. What, what's your take on the fact that now all these club players are getting so much publicity, whether it be on television or whether people around the world can see it, and you're actually paying for watching games and it's able to be facilitated? Do you, do you think there's going to be a change in the GA with regard to club off the back of this or what's the talk around at home? Oh, sure, Giggles. Like, I know from listening to you, you're always pushing the, the club scene and you're on the ball with it. It's, it's brilliant. Like, I was even talking to John Mulhall about it and like, he'd be a good lad. To talk. It, it's, it's, it's bred unbelievable life into the club game. Like, I know it's a short, it's going to be a short window, but like, the old slog of the club year in every county, hurling wise, like, was go back in January and then hurl the whole way if you got to a county final until... October bank holiday weekend and then if you were lucky enough to win you were in a club all Ireland or whatever, or you were in the club championship would go on until Christmas under 21 was on in Christmas and it's just like this thing of a hurling now with lads sure everyone is back mad for it I like I know our senior lads are back whatever since since June or whatever they got back in had a break sure they're mad for hurling and it just seems like that around the country lads are have such a hunger for the game and to be playing in, in decent weather as well and it's week on week it just looks absolutely... I think the championships around the county, around the country, are going to be fantastic. Like, I think they're going to be great. And look, I don't know if it will kickstart GA and start the club game. It'd be fantastic. Like, But I wouldn't hold me breath. I suppose the big... Yeah, team and around this time of year, you'd have, you'd have the inter-county scene really taking over, wouldn't you? And you wouldn't have much club action going on. Oh, absolutely not. And especially, like, I, I give you an example. Like, we had uh, the lads that are involved with our Kilkenny set up the Bill Sheens Killian Buckley's Thomas Kenny are out in Bur- they're involved with the club in, in the Borough now training and it's unreal they're out there with, you know they'd be there as much as they can otherwise but other years they'd be just with Kenny and the same with our Camogie team out in the Borough they have five or six girls on the senior Camogie team uh, in Wicked Kenny and they're back training with the club it's unreal everyone is out mad to watch it and even for young players in our club to be training with Killian, Bill and Thomas and all to have them there training with them they're only because they're out from maybe 17 or 18 years of age now and they're just seeing these lads train. It's and for all the clubs around Kilkenny it's, I think it's, it's great and obviously that yeah, was the whole idea of, sorry it's obviously the, was the whole idea of 
um, the club's got April. That was the idea before when this kind of revamped it a couple of years ago. Yeah. And that never really worked. You know, like, no. you know, it, it didn't work properly. I think this time, obviously, there's still, you know, talk of different counties are doing illegal training and this type of thing and they're not meant to be and all sorts of rumours. And, you know, county managers putting pressure on county boards to wrap up fixtures earlier than they're meant to. But uh, I do think having all the players available for the club, like you said, having your county players fo- fully focused on club and nothing else for this period is something very special and something that we haven't had in the club game in, I don't know, 20 years plus probably. Um, it would have badly needed it, Len. Yeah, you're you're right. Like, And it's like... You know, it was whatever about the inter-county is unreal. Like, you know what I mean? And the change they've made the last couple of years to uh, with the groups and stuff in Leinster and Munster, it's been fantastic. But like, it was with the training and all, it was spiralling out of control. Like, And it's just like, maybe this might step it back a little bit and maybe just for us to have a look at. And, you know, but I just think even from off the feet, just for the club game, it's just, it's been well, brilliant. Well, refle- reflecting on it, we kind of spoke about before, like, if you were to say, if you were just to to discount the the national hurling league and look at just the, the the hurling championship, if you were if you were to have the club game played in a similar format for the months of May and June, and then had some form of a league in July, inter county, still, still play the club off in that condensed format, and then play inter county off in a condensed format, you could have all the hurling wrapped up by the middle of September still, and you could still give the club its its priority. Um, I think it's something they're going to have to look at because this is going to go down so well. Even though there was initial res- resistance to it, and you know, playing games back to back and all this type of thing, but it's what everyone wants to do. No one wants to play a game for a week and not have another game for four weeks. No player wants that. No, that. Yeah, no, that's the disaster. Like for the club lad, like for the last fifteen years or whatever, the big gaps and just these long periods of training, and like the club train has come on so much. Like club players are given so much now around the country. And like to not provide them with enough games is a disaster. Like, but this, what I'm saying now, I know I'm not saying uh, uh, maybe six weeks of a championship every year for the club. Obviously, that wouldn't be a big enough window. But like to really like the the situation with now that they, they they know when their games are on week week and they've had a block before to train. Sure, lads love that. Like they know when they're going to be hurling. They know when it's over. I think that's all they ask for, really. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that certainty and having it somewhat condensed, like because you saw especially in the Kilkenny Championship the last number of years, clubs were dividing the season up into two. So you do one preseason starting whatever late February March, and then you play a few league games, and then you probably take a couple of months off of very minimal training, and then you come back and did essentially another preseason to get you through from August into hopefully a county final in October. So I yeah, think that was it. Yeah, and literally it was two, two preseasons. Two pre-seasons. So, like, it doesn't, like as, as a club player, that's pretty draining. So, yeah, and, and like you said, getting to play in the good weather, the good pitches, like, that's what you want to be playing and that's what you've been training in. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting and especially, yeah, the coverage at the moment, like, it's, you know, every county is streaming the games. Um, we can we can tune in from here as well. Any game we want to watch, we, we can get the same access as yourselves. So, that's been, I suppose, a, a, a real positive for it. And as you say, Giggles, it's, even all the media, looking at the 42.ie, even any the papers online, it's just all talking about the club games, which we did never get this type of coverage. Well, if you if you had told me uh, two months ago that the Waterford County Board, probably one of the most disjointed county boards going, right, that they'd actually have all their games on TV, like Kilkenny, Gawk, Tipperary, Galway, they're always set up and they get to show a lot of games. But Waterford actually went out 
and now you can see pretty much nearly every senior club game on name on TV or whatever that, that channel is for a five five euro subscription for the match, which is unreal. So it's it just goes to show everything is doable if you want to do it. And to be able to have all these club games on television as well, it, it just generates more revenue, whether it's for the county board or for the GA. And it's just a different way of thinking. And it's it's been forced on them, which uh like most changes. And uh, I think hopefully it'll be changed for the good because as you said, Liam, the month of April for clubs was the biggest disaster because you had to do a full pre-season and pre-championship training schedule to, to play in two games that probably could or could not knock you out depending on what, what county you're from and then you'd have a big lull for all the nice weather and then ramp it all back up then for August, September to play in October it, it was it was a nightmare and it was really what's the word um, I don't know putting GA players off going back year on year on because the slog was just too much so fingers crossed uh, everyone learns a lesson from it yeah, and I, I think to be fair to the GEA, you know, they have been good to learn from lessons, even things that have been forced on them. So I, I, I'm hoping with some level of confidence, I think it'll all depend on if we get an inter-county championship played in hurling football. Because as we know, Ireland is trending good at the moment. Cases are low. I think it was like 12 cases yesterday. Um, and that's all really, really positive. But if we were to see a spike, and I hope we don't, and then the inter-county season wasn't to go ahead for some reason or was to start and then had to stop I, sp- I suppose it's all systems go at the moment and it's all very positive but until we get to that 19th of December date when that football Ireland is played or the 12th for the hurling there's still so much can happen in the next five months like you know as we know especially in Melbourne here we will touch on that later it's it's a it's such a dynamic situation and it's a, a really even a, it's a day-by-day situation so I really hope that they can keep that momentum going because it's got off to such a brilliant start. Yeah, it's hard to know because five weeks ago today, Victoria recorded a day with zero cases. And today, five weeks later, we recorded a day with 530-something cases. So it just goes to show how quickly you can get out of control. And Davey, maybe get your view on what, what did you feel like when you were out playing the match and you were actually marking a man and whether he was up your ass or you were up his ass, <laughs> I don't know what way you worked it, but did you feel comfortable kind of getting into that contact with somebody or did you not even think about it because you're playing a match? Yeah, like it is strange. Like our first match, I think, was compared to match we played Ballyhill Shamrocks in the junior game last Sunday or last Friday night. Ah, well, I suppose we were back. The initial thing of going back into the training, the contact training, because we were just like, like every club, like we were just running and stuff for the for the lockdown or whatever. And then once you get back into the training and you're onto the field, it was a little bit of a thing at the start, but you know, and you were just like oh, a bit apprehensive. But like once you're in, you're in, and that's the end of it. But the water breaks are mad. I'm sure you were probably talking about it. Like I heard Shane Stapleton and the lads talking about it on. Uh, online there like they're saying it does it's mad for a game like I'm going to look at senior championships like how lads deal with it and I was going to say to Mulhall actually yesterday in that junior e-match at the first water break I see him in talking it's only supposed to be one minute he was in talking tactics so <laughs> he was holding them <laughs> back a bit but it really does not stop the game like it's the flow of the game it's mad like the four quarters basically and what's, what's the logic yeah. to, what's the logic behind the four quarters Dave is it because you know you're coming there's, back we're, there's we're, no water building there's no water allowed thrown in on the pitch like because you have okay. your own bottle so it's like Sean Clear ref or, or ref the game yesterday in the he's the inter-county ref so he, he was really on the ball and it was just a, a one minute turnaround lads were able to grab their bottles and straight out again so like because there's no water coming in on the pitch other than that but it's 
it's a strange dynamic for, for the actual flow of the game, like that it's four four quarters, but look, that's the way it is. It'll be a it'll be a great incentive, you know, for championship games, you know, if if you're if you're a team that's struggling and you need to make a change or a quick, you know, a quick a quick word into the team, you know, from the manager, it'll be it'll prove it could prove, you know, crucial to turning around performances that way. So it'll be interesting to see in the championship how that goes. But um the other thing as well is I think there's a bit of negativity about the attendances at at, um, at games and people. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a bit. I was. It was a bit annoying listening to people giving out about oh, there's only this amount of people you know allowed into the game. And if you go back to what Eagle said there about you know five weeks ago, we were nearly scot free, and and now we're all locked up in our houses again. I mean, like I think people are forget you know how. How um how dangerous this disease is and where where it actually where it actually came from as well and where where we were like so I think there's a bit of negativity about you know attending games and how many people are left in I think we should be just grateful that there is fucking games to be to be going to and are are going on at the moment. Definitely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Now I definitely agree with that, Shani, because like. Well, even from talking to you, Liam, the other day, like the situation you're in and listening to you there now. You know we're lucky to be where we are, and hopefully we can we can stay on top of it. Like because, as you said, there and there is a bit of negativity, John, definitely because like let's say situation with Dixborough seen the Kenny Senior competition is this weekend, and there's two hundred allowed in the ground, so a hundred and twenty or so are gone on the teams and the mentors uh, from both sides, and like the stewards in the host and venue and stuff like that. So there's probably about. 35 to 40 tickets on top of that to go to the club so you can't really facilitate a lot of people in the clubs just the players families and stuff like that they might get another ticket so stuff like that but look as you said yeah people are giving out about it like people are saying maybe we should be if we get to the 500 but it could be a bigger could be a bigger problem then because you'd have to give them to some people and not give them yeah. to others then which is even more <laughs> difficult but I, I definitely agree with you but look we're lucky to have what we have and the streaming services are fantastic I know in Kilkenny they have a, a company in to do the streaming for them and it's any game it's it, it's going to be any game that's in Nolan Park is going to be streamed so other than that I think clubs can if, if you're not playing in Nolan Park you can go out and kind of I think you can anyway stream it yourself or something like that so I see it it'd be great to um, see the numbers and the streaming at the end of the championship uh, you know measure up against last year's attendance it'd be great to see what the numbers would be I'd imagine the streaming will nearly increase the numbers of attendance yeah it seems so sure it's great and I I saw a game out there at the the weekend (laughs) at Kilkenny Club game uh, and I think there was a, a team doing it themselves and as doing the commentary themselves, it was very funny. Like an F it's and Eddie job. Yeah. An, an F and Eddie job. So it's like, uh, oh look! But if people get people are mad. That's what I'm saying. People are mad to see games. Like you know, like yeah. the John Malal's crowd coming into us yesterday. It was great. Like it was a great occasion. People were in to see it and really delighted to see matches. But what you said there, Shawnee, yeah. You know, if it was taken away from us, oh my God, a backward step now, and it yeah. would be very disappointing. So you just have to say very vigilant, I suppose. Is Mel Hall is, is there a worry around it? Is, uh... Oh yeah, he was. He's for because this is the first time we've seen him in the management role. Like I kind of thought he'd be a bit more up to ninety, but he's very composed in the lane. But so did they, they beat us anyway? So he's uh that's it's the real bottom. It's the junior E. So there's only one way up for him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's also um he's also doing linesman, Davy as well. He's oh in, yeah. 
Yeah, he was linesman for an intermediate game on Friday night in Nolan Park. Yeah, I saw him there. He was doing linesman. So, yeah, he's still looking fairly fit and he's hurling. So, I wouldn't have put him down for an official, but fair play to him. He's giving back to the GA. That's, that's what's all about. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's giving back. Right, fair play to him. <laughs> All right. Well, look, Dave. Thanks so much for um for for coming yeah. on. I know you're a very busy man. There, you're you're um have a lot of teams to prepare and get ready. <laughs> he told us what to go into. Nothing. Yeah, yeah I'm, actually, I'm, actually do, I'm actually doing nothing. I have a minor match later on. All right, so I'll try and pick a team for that. There. <laughs> <Next> four, <laughs> well, thank th- thanks so much, Dave, for for coming on, and um we'll be watching with interest at the weekend to see how. We'll be tuning in for some of those games and we'll definitely be getting that streaming pass and hopefully Dixborough get on some of those. I know they're not on it this weekend, uh, but hopefully... The yeah, week- we're hoping to get on it, Liam, yeah. So um, hopefully you'll get to see the games. Did you get to pay the club lotto there, Len? I was on to you. I did, Dave, yeah. You know I'm paid up. You know I'm paid up. All right, nice one. <laughs> I guess Sean... I guess Sean... Giant- oh, yeah, sorry. A plug for the Dixborough lotto. Sorry, Dave. That was the, the cue there, yeah. So we can play Dixborough club lotto online <laughs> um, on dixboroughga.com. And it's all going towards the AstroTurf uh, new AstroTurf ball wall, which is looking great, by the way. Great stuff. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon. Mind yourself. Thanks, Davey. Look. It's always, you know, great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with, and there's, there's nothing like coming back there. Like. The one the fancy oh, open top bus line, I think we had Duggins, Richard Duggins lorry, and really, yeah. up, up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Shawnee, that's definitely your favourite soundbite. I missed Willie and Eddie. Oh, I forgot all about <laughs> it. Put the smile on my face every time I hear him. So good, isn't it? It's so good. I love it. It's, brilliant. It's such a brilliant Laker Gale For anyone who hasn't seen that one, try and get to see it. It's absolutely brilliant. The, the two boys on it together. Um, oh, very jealous. Listen to Davy there back. Like they're back in full swing now. Matches every night out training. For probably three nights of the week. And the pitches are looking unbelievable at home at the moment, aren't they? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable. We got such a Great start here in Melbourne back. What day did we go back train? Was it Giggles? What day was it? I don't know. Was it the 8th of January? No, no, no. They After post um, lockdown here. The first time we got to go back. We got oh, to go back. after the first lockdown. Yeah, it was, like, what was it? it was the middle of June anyway. I think it was the 23rd of June because we're going to go four weeks to 27th. Yeah, so. Or five weeks. Yeah, it was around the 23rd of June and we got three weeks in. Yeah, so we got to go back. And then non- she could, they were cut off. Yeah, we got to go back non-contact training. We were back hurling football and ladies football and camogie. Super excited. And then we got the, the plug pulled on us here in Melbourne. Absolutely sickening. It's, you know, and it's what's really tough is the rest of Australia, being up in Sydney, Western Australia in Perth and Brisbane, they're all back seasons in the full flow. Actually, Western Australia... We're the first GA unit in the world to go back playing competitive games and they streamed their games online actually the first weekend. And we're stuck here in Melbourne now, back to what's called stage three lockdown. You can only leave your house for four reasons. So it's it's pretty bleak after kind of getting that false false yeah. dawn there a few weeks ago, isn't it? And the boy the boys yeah, over in WA managed to sneak um, Peter Duggan over just before the borders closed. 
which was a big a, a big kind of a nab for who was it Gabriel St Gabriel's he was meant to play with Wolf yeah. Tones out here um and didn't get to play and then St Gabriel's nabbed him over just before the just before the border slow so I'm sure I'm sure they've got a root one puck out strategy right down on top of Peter Duggan but it was uh, it was a pause. We were we were down at zero cases for a couple of days in a row, and whatever. Look, anyone who doesn't know the politics over here, there was a bit of a mess up with hotels where people who returned back who had COVID were staying. The the virus got out and it just spread exponentially, and it kind of it's kind of linked up with our winter over here as well, where the temperatures get down to nearly three, two or three degrees at night times, about twelve to fifteen degrees during the day. So winter time coinciding with kind of a bit of a breakout and us being used to our freedom and maybe not locking down a week earlier than maybe we probably could have has kind of led us to we're now in the worst scenario that we've been in like wave two has been a tsunami compared to wave one really um and we've got it's actually not like we're meant to be in the lockdown for six weeks we're two and a half weeks in now nearly three and the numbers are still going up so it doesn't look like it's only going to be a six-week lockdown unfortunately but um, yeah, because we we thought we were going to be back before Ireland. All things, all guns blazing. It was looking very good, and just goes to show how quickly it can turn in any country with this bloody pandemic. Yeah, it's it's just really really unfortunate, and it's, I think it was really hard. Is when you if we hadn't come out of lockdown, whatever about it, like you still be you know you'd be depressed or whatever. But when you got out and we were back, kind of getting back to our kind of normal lives, and then to get it taken away from you. And get back into this then again. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty bleak to be honest. Um, we're all working from home, or and people construction is still open here. There, and I, I know from talking to some of the boys, like they're working on construction sites in the city, and it's just like a ghost town. Like there's nobody in the city, only construction workers essentially. Like it's meant to be really, really eerie, yeah. and you're kind of confined to your suburb here, similar to the, the kind of two K lockdown that Ireland had. It's kind of similar to that at the moment. You're not meant to leave your suburb. Um, and it's, and again, it's just Melbourne. We're really are isolated from the rest of Australia, which is a very isolated place at the best of times. I'm like, we're not allowed to travel into other states. The borders are closed. It's yeah, it's it's pretty weird. So the GA season ramping up back in Ireland is kind of a bit of a shining light, to be honest. So we're getting to watch some club games at the weekend, and obviously looking forward to the intercounty season coming up as well. I know it's a few months away. Fingers crossed that comes because I reckon there's a good chance we we. Won't be seeing much action until until that comes around here. But to give some, and com- I guess as well, like, kind of worried, when, like when we went back, oh, when on. we went back training as well, like we we had the numbers, you know, when we talked to Davy earlier, you know, we actually had we had big numbers nearly every night training. Everyone's mad to go, and it's and it's the middle of winter here as well, where it's normally we train the winds in a Friday night, and it's a struggle to get fellas down. And we actually had the numbers up, which is great. We had massive numbers. We actually had to cap the sessions, which was mental. You can only have twenty. At a session, and we actually had to cap some of the sessions. Um, so yeah, it's just really, really unfortunate. But you know, it's interesting though. In the other states, they're back playing their sport on. So all of Dozzy rules in Melbourne has been relocated to Queensland, and same it's in South Australia as well. And there's like crowds back at the games. Like you know, there's there's you know people going to sixteen thousand at games, whereas you know. Melbourne, everything. There's no. There's actually no contact sport. In Melbourne, not even professional sport now. Everything's been re- relocated away. Yeah, and that's the, that's the worry when you look at Ireland, isn't it? With the winter season, like Ireland, as you said, only have twelve or thirteen cases a day, but we know how quickly that can get out of control if certain protocols aren't met. And I don't know, I, I don't think it's scientifically proven, but it's kind of more commonly talked about that a winter environment is 
more suitable for the virus to spread, yada yada. And if the intercounty game is on in the winter, and if Ireland doesn't get their cases to zero, which doesn't look like will happen, there, like you know, the law of averages and the statistics will tell you that there's a fair chance numbers will shoot up in the winter in Ireland again. I hope I'm wrong. Geez, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, for everyone's safety, more so than the intercounty season, but. There's just a kind of, I wonder, like people in Ireland are probably thinking the same thing. I hope that the numbers don't go up and we see the inter-county season cancelled because we're, we're dying for it. Like, while the club games is great to watch them and it, it, there's been some cracking games, some of the goals we've seen, even in that, I only watched that in the Piercing and Kilimala game over the weekend, some of the scores were unreal. But then when you ratchet it up another level to inter-county, it's a, it's a different different story again. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But, um, I was I was looking at the papers and the Twitter and all that kind of crack over the weekend, and I was I was trying to see who's still playing hurling uh, at home that has played for Gary Owen, and you know people kind of you know would wonder about the standard of hurling in Australia, and I think this would be a good testament to it because there's 15 hurlers I have here who have played with Gary Owen in the last four or five years, either for one year, two years, some cases five or six years, and they've gone back to Ireland and they've. They're, they're really excelling at playing in senior and, and intermediate club championships. I'm going to start in Clare, first of all. And I was wondering, was this lad still playing? He's got two children, Johnny Brigdale. Uh, he nearly cost us a league final, the last play he ever made for Gary Owen, where he overcarried the ball uh, in the last minute against Sinn Féin. Thankfully, Stephen Coyne put the free wide, but and we won the game by a point. But Johnny lined out for Crushy in a cornerback. Um, and in the same Clare championship, we'd end the boys lining out for cornerback for Cratlow and Mossy Ryan was a sub on the Cratlow panel that day as well. Now, I was mad looking for Tulla GA then to see was the great Aina Tarpey still hurling. And I was following him on Instagram on the build your own house or renovate the old into new. So it looks like Aina might have hung up the boots because there was no mention of him on the starter team or there was no mention of him uh, coming on as a sub. So uh, if he was gripping his hurling on Instagram day, during the week. So I'd say he's... He's maybe waiting for the championship. Oh, that was championship. Maybe he's waiting, maybe he's gone down junior. If, if anyone can confirm yeah. whether he's had an injury now and I'm doing a misjustice, oh, give it, give us a message. But that that that's clear anyway. Um, Wexford was probably the first championship to get going actually, and we had two lads there with Tommy Story, who scored a cracker of a goal for Old Artabella, um, against St Martin's in the opening game, and then Kevin Courtney's been shoved back from centre back where he used to play for us, or wing back, back to full back. And he held Conor McDonald to a point from play at the weekend. Actually, he had a very good game for the referees, who unfortunately lost both their opening games by a point on each side. So they're out, I think. But good to see Kev flying around there. That's a big, that's a big um, scalp, uh, Conor McDonald. Yeah. Oh, stop. She's serious in the air. But that's suppose Kevin's... Wexford lads are always generally very good in the air, aren't they? It's one of their... You'd mm. say it about Kenny lads as well. It's a serious strength. Um... Looking at the Galway then, we always had a big Galway contingent in Gary Owen and Owen Teagle was captain of Castlegar and Kevin Kane was on the bench. They were playing St. Thomas's. They were 10 points up against St. Thomas's and they managed to lose it by a point. A last minute goal Jeez. for Conor Cooney. So they were flying the flag there. Conor Coslo, who's also a, a Castlegar man, has picked the football and surprise, surprise, he's constantly bloody injured. So you get a Snapchat from CC every <laughs> now and again. He's foot, foot up on the bench with a big ice pack on it. He should stick to the hurling and he's never got injured playing hurling. Um, but then two other lads who recently played for is Adrian Lardner, the block with midfield for Cylon and Niall Mannion was full forward for Mike Cullen. So um, the boys flying it there in Galway. 
And then just a few others. Jambal Hall is obviously still doing it for Muckley, I think, Liam, is he? Yeah, he's still playing. He's still hanging in there. Also, the fact that he's moving in, moving into management and being a linesman does shows that he's probably getting to the tail end of his career. That, that's very, yeah. It's very <laughs> uh, moving on to Cork then, with Mikey Welch lining out full-back for Kildallery, is it? Kildallery, Kildallery yeah. And then yeah. We've, 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 the great, we've the great pal O'Neill is a big question mark. Is he going to make his return to St. Catherine's? He said he, he swore to us he'd never play junior. So he'd have to go straight into the intermediate or the senior team. And there's a big question mark over there whether he'd be back in time and get the fitness up for championship or not. He's still in isolation, so I'll give him a high lift. Oh, he's still in isolation, yeah. <laughs> there could be a lot of corner forwards delighted about that. <laughs> and then the passage boys are the passage boys are wondering if Mark Boy is going to fly home for the championship opener this weekend in Waterford, but I don't think he is. I think he's nicely settled up in Sydney now, and uh, he's glad he's not in lockdown down here. It could be hard to lock that man down. But um, it was. I think it was just good to kind of show that, like, that, and that's our club. Like, we've got four or five other hurling clubs in Melbourne as well, and they've, they've all had guys go back and play at senior level, um, even some at inter-county level when they when they've gone back to Ireland. So, just shows the kind of quality of player that is playing over here in the senior championship in, in Melbourne, and um, it's great to see that they can play for a few years over here, and then go back and still have the same sharpness and still the same fitness. To compete at senior level at home, so there's hope for you, Giggle. So if you go, there, lads. there's hope for you if you go back against your hope and you might be able to, you know, throw the jersey on and get play a few games with his more. Is there? All those players who have gone back, Liam, are under the age of 32. <laughs> I'm now 36, going on 37. I don't think it's going to happen for me, but but uh, Emmett Kwan is managing the junior B's at home, and it's more. And uh, someday, <laughs> hopefully, we'll put on the black and amber. We might play a bit of a junior B game. I'd be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> But like it, it is one thing that I think the COVID, the big impact it is going to have here in Australia. Obviously, we do you know rely on Irish-born players coming out every year. We we rely on the people coming out in the working holiday visa. We get you know probably three or four new players each per club each year in hurling football, ladies football, and uh, and camogie. And next year, realistically, we're we've we're not going to have any players come out. You know, I don't think there's going to be any um, inward travel to Australia for the first half of the year, which is the start of our season. And also, we've lost a lot of people who've gone home. You know, we've probably lost in playing population in Melbourne. I'd say twenty percent across the board. Our club hasn't been too bad. We've been lucky enough. By other clubs have been hit pretty pretty hard. So, Mel, you know, the GA in Melbourne was trending at around eight hundred players playing across all the codes. I reckon we're going to be down to probably closer to 600 for next year. And you're probably going to lose a, a, you know, a competition or two. We had a kind of a second tier in ladies football and second tier in men's football. Probably will be hard to keep them going now with numbers next year. So it's, a, you know, it's, it's a really unfortunate how something like this can really knock the stuffing out of a, out of, I suppose, an overseas GA unit who are, you know, do depend on, on players coming out. Yeah, that, that's right. And J- Johnny Glynn is another example there. He used to hurl in New York. He was resident over in New York and uh, he's back with our Drahan now. He's obviously made the move home. But I suppose they say every cloud is a silver lining. And for us older fellas, the fact that there's not a, another Aaron Cunningham or Peter Duggan coming over that, that might make a fool yeah, kind of gives us an extra bit of a, a, an impetus to go back and play again next year, knowing that you kind of playing against the same fellas. That is a good point. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, and Melbourne and Australia over the last fifty or sixty years, while GA has been going on, has had its ups and downs, and swings and roundabouts with players and influxes during recessions in Ireland, and maybe when the Celtic Tiger was going, maybe not as many players coming over, but it's always survived and always kind of thrived. So I'm sure 
while we might have a dip maybe in the quality or the numbers coming over from Ireland, where we're definitely going to continue to have leagues and championships and sevens and nines. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think obviously getting towards the end of the season, hopefully come we get to kind of January, February next year where we normally kick off in Melbourne. Please God, we're out the far side of it then and then we're back where we can have people travelling from interstate and that we can go up and play in Sydney and all of those great competitions that we're used to. So, yeah, uncertain times ahead. Um, but like you said, we're, we're keeping a very close eye on home and all the ex- not only Gary Owen players, but players from all the all the clubs here in Melbourne and clubs across Sydney and WA that we know have gone back, and it's always great seeing them um, in action and seeing them, like you said, Giggles being very competitive and and gone back into some of them, gone back into county panels and that type of stuff. So um, Aaron Cunningham being one of them. Um, but yeah, yeah, very very strange times indeed. But <laughs> we've got lots and lots of coverage, which is great, and I think it's good for us. We're delighted to be back. Obviously, doing a podcast, we haven't done one in a few months, so it gives us. Um, some great things to be keeping an eye on, and also having having good good conversations on. It'd be great to get some people on over the next few weeks as, as things unfold at home. Yeah, we will. All right, giggles. I think you have a giggles corner coming up for us next, so we we'll take a little break and we'll we'll bring that up. We're looking forward to hearing that one. One single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and, and because I can only, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love Does that give you good memories, giggles? Gave me great. I remember the day very well. Um, I was caught on camera with a nice pair of side locks on me, <laughs> nice. down on the pitch after the game, running on trying to celebrate. But um, yeah, great, great old day back in. Can't believe it's bloody sixteen years now, though. Jesus. He was talked. He was. Ago. He was talked. Um, he was talked about playing junior B the weekend. I seen Milan. Yeah, imagine, imagine being some guy just going back for a game and end up marking John Milan. I couldn't think of that worse. Can you imagine that? Lost the yard of pace. Yeah, I, can, he, I wouldn't <laughs> say he's lost a bit. Any come pace, back. Yeah. Imagine come back. Imagine come back from Australia, thinking I'll just stay with a junior B, and next thing John Milan rides up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this, this is the difference. This is the difference. There was a game at the weekend. Bally Sagart, who play underage with Lismore, who are kind of like a rural club, five to six miles outside Lismore, have a church. A hurling pitch and a and a bar. That's all that's in the in the in the town. They came up senior for the first time. They've got the three Bennett's playing with them, Shane, Stephen, and Phil and Philip. Isn't it fucking Philip? No, it's not. What's his name? Anyway, look, I'd be shot for not knowing his name. But they played Delisal <laughs> at the weekend. And um like they have a they have a guy who started cornerback, Janie Bryan. Janie is forty four, I think, this year, forty three or forty four, he's the same age as Dan. Played minor with him and he had to play because, you know, numbers. And there's De La Salle mm. in and they've John Milan on their four team. Just goes to show kind of like the numbers in the city teams versus the country teams. And in fairness to Barry Sagart, they gave a good account of themselves. I think it was 222 to 112. It finished. De La Salle got a goal in the last minute just to put a bit of further gloss on it. But not a bad effort coming up probably against one of the second or third favourites for the Waterford Championship. But anyway, will I jump into this, Liam? Duke, Eagles Corner, welcome back. What have you got for us? <laughs> so question, I actually don't know the answer to a question which I believe from us. Is, is there going to be a Munster Club and All-Ireland Club this year or is that no, scrapped? No, All-Ireland Club Championship scrapped. What about Munster and Leinster? No, I don't think there's any club championships after, scrapped. yeah, scrapped I think, yeah. Okay. 
this, this, That's this the end of Google's Corner. Thanks very much. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good research there, Giggins. Good research. I was going to give my top 10 clubs in the country as I see them right now. That's fine. Uh, you can still go for that. Teams. And we, we, we go for it and we see what you think, if you agree or disagree. Sean, you stop doing right, work so there and the listen up. Go on, Giggins, go for it. You have your input, Sean, if you disagree or anything. Anyway, number 10, a bit of a dark horse, but I think they might sneak the Galway Championship this year, is Turlock Moore. Um, they've got Ronan and Dahi Burke down number three and number six. And then they've got a couple of young lads like Loftus and Rona Badger in the mix. They beat Tommy Larkins at the weekend by a point. And they would be, I think, second favourites in the bookies now to win the Galway Championship. So they haven't won a Galway Championship in 30 years, but for the, for the year that's in, it's 2020. I'm bringing them in at number 10. Um, number nine, an ageing team, but they've got two senior teams in the Tipperary Championship. And that's Turles Starsfields. Like they still have Paddy and Rona Maher, Dennis Maher. Mickey Cahill, Pabork, Lars, who's nice. playing from. Yeah. And they've got a lot of, of, of really good club players who probably haven't broke onto the senior team. They've had a, a mixed few seasons. They haven't really had success, I don't think, in Tipperary for three or four years. But I would have them in as numbered the, the, the top team from Tip in this top 10, but in at number nine in the country overall. Um, I think they're, they're a very solid unit. Number eight, I went with Kilmacud Croaks. Probably a bit of an unknown quantity. Like they ended Kula's chance for three in a row last year uh, from an All-Ireland point of view. They have Fergal White, Leo Sheen O'Rourke and Bill O'Carroll, but they're just a very big physical team that have lots and lots of... They have lots of hurlers. Like the, the Kilmacud Intermediate team is, is quite a good team as well. So I think they're probably the second best in Dublin at the moment. And they'll be up yeah, there I watched them on get out of, Friday. Or on, it was a Friday night yeah. they played on Saturday morning. I watched them here. Um, they absolutely blew away a belly button. Yeah, they're, they're a very strong senior club team. Yeah. Uh, at number seven, I went with Shane Amori, Carl Malone, Jamie Shanner, and Et al. in Six Mile Bridge. They've won four of the last seven in Clare. Um, they've got Davy coaching them. They, they, there's a lot of good clubs and good club teams in Clare with a lot of county players on it but the Six Mile Bridge seemed to be the one with the, probably the fewest county players but always seemed to get over the line so I brought them in at seven um, down to number six which who probably would have been number one maybe this time last year but around a bit of a downer they've lost Shane Dowling to retirement um, and they were beaten at the weekend by Kilmallock but I'm putting the Pierce again at number six I think they'll bounce back um, they've got Ronan Lynch, they've got the Casey's, they've got Downs, they've got a, a good few other players. Um, I think they're a very strong team. So that would be from 10 to 6. Any thoughts on them, lads, before I, I move on? I think, you know, we're a couple of weeks, yeah, we're a couple of weeks into what's going on, so I suppose it's as good analysis as any out there, Giggles, when you're going off a low base with uh, your, your, uh, your data points. <laughs> right, okay. Right, I, I'll jump into the top five then. Probably a bit more hard. And at number five, I went with St. Thomas's. I think since 2012, when they won their first county and All-Ireland, they've gone from strength to strength. Like, they're built off the back of four families, really. The Burks, the Coonies, the Regans, and the Schettles, um, make up about 20 of their panel, to be honest, which is, which is absolutely mad. But um, they've got uh, a new Burke lad wing back. They've got the Cooney lad centre-back, who could be centre-back for Galway. And so they've added to the likes of Davy Burke and Bernard Burke and those guys and Connor Cooney. So... They had a massive win at the weekend. They're going for is it three in a row in Galway. Did I cut out there, lads? You're back, Eagles. You're back. You're all right. I'm back again. So I went with St. Thomas's at five. 
At number four, I went with Patrick's Well. I think they're the reign of Limerick champions at the moment. They've just got some sexy hurlers like Patrick's Well. They've got Lynch, Keen Lynch, midfield, Galan, the foot forward line, Jim Burns. They've got a guy called Kevin O'Brien in the half forward line as well, who's a fantastic hurler. And they're, they're kind of like that. They're not a city team. They're just on the outskirts of the city, but they've got that real Limerick kind of cockiness, arrogance about them. I think they, they've, they've, they've a great team. The pity actually now that I'm naming out all these that there's no club championship this year because all these teams can't play each other. But anyway, we'll continue with the exercise for the sake of it. <laughs> at number three, uh, at number three, I went with Bally Gunner. Um, they probably came up against Bally Hale two years ago, who were just a good bit better than them. They were unlucky in the Munster final last year. I think Barcelli got them, who were on that magic run. But they've got Stephen O'Keefe, they've got the Mannies, the Hutchinsons, the Sullivans. They've Barry Coughlin, they've Kenny, they've Hogan, they've they've a serious squad there, um, and it, themselves in Dallas Al down the city kind of have a monopoly on all the players. They must have six adult clubs each. Mount Sion would be a team who've really suffered off the back of that. Mount Sion don't get the players anymore for where they're located. Romore would get more than Mount Sion even. So, Ballygunner would be in at number three. Number two, I have Kula as the second best team in the in the country at the moment. They've just got. An array of players, the Goffs, the Shootheads, the Tracys, Sean Moore and Colin Cronin, Keen O'Callaghan, and then King Con at full forward, just hit the ball in and he'll win it high, low, take your man on, you can't stop him. And then at number one, I don't think there's going to be any argument over number one, but Ballyhale Shamrocks have two All-Irelands in a row, I think. They're going for three in a row. They brought a Lismore man in to train them to make sure that they get the three in a row. James O'Connor, a former teammate of my own. Um, but they, they have everything. Um but it'll be interesting to see can they negotiate the, the fiercely competitive Kilkenny Championship first. What, what are your thoughts? Or what are you hearing on the ground in Kilkenny, Liam? Yeah, I think obviously Bally Hale are delighted as well. They've got all their, you know, the Kilkenny players playing with them. So, you know, TJ, they're all back with Kilkenny. Um, so I think they're really going to have a really serious crack at going for for the Kilkenny County Championship. And like the last few years, it was hard to see beyond them. Outside of Bally Hale, it's quite even in Kilkenny. But with the, with the firepower that they have, um, obviously Adrian Mullen is injured at the moment. He he's a loss for them, but they still have plenty of scoring. Isn't Michael Fenley gone as well? Michael Fenley's gone. Michael Fenley's retired. He'll be a big loss too. But I still think they probably will have that. That's a bit of a level they're taking out Fenley and Mullen. But I still think they're they're a fairly strong unit. They'll take a lot of beating in Kilkenny in this condensed format, though. Uh, it's you know it's kind of similar to what you talked about, like the round robin in the in Leinster Munster. Like you, you, if a team picks up a bit of a rhythm. And goes on and wins a few games in a row. It's all about momentum that time of year, you know, in, in these kind of you know shortened windows. So, you know, if you if you get lucky in a couple of games, you can go on a bit of a run. Whereas if you if you lose your first couple of games in the league, it might be hard, you know, because you're feeling a bit of pressure. Your your season could be over in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be very interesting to see across the country how all teams respond to playing in that real short window where week on week you kind of have to perform. Uh, it's a pity now that the play thing is cancelled after me doing all my homework but anyway oh, still a good exercise uh, giggles I, I, <laughs> but it's fruitless now because you can't you can't be proven right or wrong <laughs> no well what you can do is we can look we can reflect on we'll see how those clubs are doing in, the, in their respective counties in a few weeks time um, but yeah that was one of the calls yeah. the GA made at the time when they went for this you know this uh, relaunch window that the club championships were going to be scrapped post post the county structure which was really unfortunate given how good those club championships have been in both hurling and football over the last few years and something that we follow quite closely obviously over here as well um, 
but yeah you can understand it that they're you know you're just not going to fit that into the window so they made the call on it yeah it's true yeah true story but yeah there's some really interesting championships coming up like there's a lot of tight ones Kilkenny obviously have Ballyhale out in front Watford Ballygunner there doesn't seem to be anyone who can beat them at the moment I don't think um Everyone else is pretty even. Like you'd have the likes of De La Salle there, Abbeyside, you'd have Lismore, you'd have Dungarvan, Formal Water. They're all very even teams and they could beat each other on any given day. But to step up and beat Ballygunner with the amount of players they have, like they've JJ Hutchinson and Wayne Hutchinson, who are former Water players, sitting on the bench. And it's like, how oh, in the name of Christ are they, those that sitting on the bench? Um, Limerick is Limerick is probably, Limerick Club Championship probably highlights the strength of the Limerick County team at the moment where you've got. Napiersig, Kilmallock, Patrick's well, Adair, really, really, really strong and competitive, like with such strong teams. Um, it seems that Galway is always competitive, like you, you could, you could pick one of six teams there, and probably the same in Cork Shawnee with the divisional. Te- are the divisional teams in the Cork County Championship this year? Are they yeah, out? Yeah. Amy Kelly won the last few county titles. They're in again this year. I think a few of the colleges after oh, they're in again. Year. They're in again. Yeah. Um, Who do you fancy in Cork? I think there's one or two colleges. Oh, hard to look past him. McKinley again. It's just the strength of of um, of the and, and of the, of the, of their panel. Like they just got so many players. Um, they have lost the Father O'Neill's as this year, though, won't they? I was going to say they've lost to um, Jermel Rick now and the forward. What's his name? The only one. No, Dalton. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be a big loss for them. So it might that might even been up a bit. I think the Glen. The Glen and Law with the Glen and Sars are probably two biggest, you know, clubs that will be threatening for the county title there as well. Yeah. And I've seen the Car County Board have done a deal with Irish Examiner for streaming. So all there's going to be a team, yeah. so many games every weekend streaming the Irish Examiner website. It's free for this year and then next year it'll be paid. So I think that's the route to the Car County yeah. Board have gone down with their, with their streaming deal. Um, yeah, because the, the the examiner was sponsoring the the championship, and they normally had it up on their own website to stream it. But now they've actually given the rights back to the to the clubs and on how they want to do it. Okay, okay. And the county board. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes down there, Cork. Just a just a bit of a bit of a bit of sad news in Cork there last week. Um, we just we probably should mention uh, Kieran O'Connor, um, who passed away. Was part of the football team. Kieran was um. I played with him. He played a few games with me in, in McKilly. He was, he played hurling like he played football. He was just an attacking, attacking wing back with the ball. He'd get the ball hurling and he'd just run and run and run like. But uh, very sad, very sad news about um, Kieran. I played with his brother as well, John Paul O'Connor from Ahada, with Team McKilly um, panel as well. So yeah, I see there at the county championship at the weekend the footballers. They put a jersey on, jersey. on a chair yeah. at the side of the, and they named him on the program as well and. They're going to keep it there for the year, and it was inevitable they were going to win the first round, and they beat um, Castletown Bear, who would be a strong football side as well. So mm. it was good that they got a win. Yeah, I think. What did he die from again? What was it? Was it, was it a Can- cancer? It's cancer, yeah. Yeah, it's cancer. Yeah, yeah. It's a real bone cancer. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it, yeah, it was yeah. a story that really touched the GA community because I know there was some. I think Cork played Kilkenny in a in a hurling match in a fundraiser. Um, for him a few years yeah. ago, and did a big crowd out. I know, you know, did he fought a really hard battle, and you know, it was really sad to see him pass. 
Um, and I think yeah, yeah his, sto- his story had touched. I think at the whole GA community, and I think it's very sad in these times that the way funerals are at home at the moment. That you know he would he would be someone who would have got a massive send off and a huge probably turnout from right across the country, the GA community. But it's just not to be given the given the circumstance. I think at the funeral was streamed online, Shawnee. I think I saw. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so look, um we're we're definitely gonna keep the momentum going here on Awicked AGA. We're delighted to be back on. Um we, we probably will touch base with our, our um our counterparts up in up in Sydney and in, in part to see how how those guys are going. I know uh, Sydney were back last weekend with their f- first tournament and they were delighted to get that through. Um so it'd be it'd be interesting to hear how, how they're going, what their plans are for the next few weeks and we'll obviously be keeping a, a close eye on home. So Giggles, thanks very much for coming along this evening and for your Giggles corner, even though you didn't do the normal level of research you would have, but that's okay. You found out on the fly that there's no Learning Club Championships. <laughs> yeah, good to be back, Liam. Yeah, Shawnee, thanks so, so much. Great to have you back. Thanks, Liam. Good to be back in the airs again. Yeah, and, and today's show, we want to thank very much uh, O'Neill's International Sportswear. Um, follow him on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. They're doing massive work here in Australia. They're um, they're sponsoring the kids for a lot of the rugby league teams and rugby union, and also watch the space. They're after the AFL next, so big shout to all O'Neills, and we'll be back with you again soon. Take care, everyone.